Today on the Locked on Texan podcast, more from Saturday's game versus the Saints, including some standouts. Texans also make some roster cuts. We take a look at how that will affect the depth chart and some competition at the linebacker position. Cody, is Tuesday. Go ahead and take them away. You are Locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am John Hickman, of course, joined by Cody Davis. Guys, shout out Cody, man. He's been on the ground working ever since OTA started back early in the year, from OTAs to training camp to the preseason game. Cody has been phenomenal with reporting, catch a lot of his work on Sports Illustrated as well, not only for the Rockets, I mean for the Texans, but also for Hmm. the Houston Rockets. All thing Houston, Cody pretty much has his hands on right now. Got to look at some cool stats and numbers from Saturday's preseason game win against the Saints, Cody. The Houston Texans defensive line really had a good day. They lived in the backfield with five sacks, seven tackles for losses, and a 35% pressure rate on that Saturday night, Ogbo Okorwankwo, it was very good on Saturday. He finished with a sack, three hurries, four pressures across 14 pass rushing snaps. So he was very effective. And by the way, uh, there's a clip out there. Forgot who posted it. I've seen that clip. <laughs> Ogbo really whooped <laughs> Pennon's ass. And by the way, I, I never was a fan of Trevor Pennon going all the way back to the uh, senior bowl. I thought he had a rough week, and I think that mechanically he's just pretty bad. But let's move on and continue to talk about the Houston Texans. The offensive line, and mainly due to the second and third string, who we saw out there a lot, they also had a, a good day with Al Lamry Tunsil out on the field and Justin Britt only allowed one hit and one sack and five hurries in 29 pass blocking snaps. And so that was good, a good showing for the offensive line. By the way, I do want to say this. From what I saw out of Austin Deculus, I wouldn't be surprised if Houston used him as an extra body, as a swing tackle this upcoming year. And I wouldn't be surprised. They really liked him that much to draft him that late if he is not a project player who has some skill that Houston may use in the future and uh, he may be the future right tackle for this Texan team. I'm just throwing speculation out there, but he had a very wow. good night on Saturday. <laughs> Damian Pierce, 49 rushing yards. We know about that. 42 of those yards were after contact. Trayvon Smith, a player who I really like for this Texan team, has a, he had a strong showing, only allowed one catch for three yards with a pass deflection at the end in the, in the end zone. Excuse me. Also came down with an interception, and we're going to talk about some of these players later in the show today. But Jake Hansen, he had a good game on Saturday. He was one of those guys that I had an opportunity to just watch, and he popped off the screen. Defensive tackle, nose tackle, Kurt Hernish, he had a very good uh, showing on Saturday as well. Thomas Booker was another player that I think Houston really does like him, whatever his upside is. Strong bottom base. Has a lot of power in that base, and I think 
that helps him create a push once he can learn some NFL moves with his hands. I think you know that add, he can add that to his repertoire. But I like what I saw out of Kurt Heinisch and Thomas Booker. Now Cody has a conversation that he wants to have. I'm sorry, we kind of hogging up the airways. Cody wants to talk about Jeff Driscoll and the possibility of how would you put it, Cody, in pre-discussion. Uh, your boy from New Orleans, who we, we didn't get an opportunity to see on Saturday. Uh, Taysom the, the Hill. Taysom Hill, that guy. Cody <laughs> feels like he may have an opportunity to utilize Jeff Driscoll in that way due to his athletic ability. It's a very interesting conversation. Let's let's go ahead and dive into it. Yeah, and look, you know, John, you opened up this segment and all day yesterday we talked about standouts from Saturday's game. And I don't think people are giving Jeff Driscoll enough credit. And look, you're looking at a guy who has been making fun of Jeff Driscoll for over a year now here on this podcast. However, going back to Saturday, he went 16 for 26 for 165 yards, two touchdowns, and of course, three interceptions. Now, the one thing I noticed about Jeff Driscoll, and I'm not just talking about this because of the game he had on Saturday, but I'm going back to what I've been seeing out of Jeff Driscoll going back to OTAs. And the one thing I've noticed about Jeff Driscoll is that he is an athletic quarterback. And when you go back and you take a look at what he was able to do on Saturday, you're looking at a guy who averaged five and a half yards on three carries, and that is the second highest yards per attempt in the run game that took place on Saturday against the New Orleans Saints. And, of course, the guy who had the most average was Damian Pierce. I, I believe he another finished Florida the game. Guy. Yeah, another Florida guy. I believe he finished the game with nine and a half yards per attempt on Saturday. But, John, when every time I see Jeff Driscoll, I think about how can the Houston Texans utilize him better this year versus what they did last year. Now, we all remember last year they converted him from a quarterback to tight end, and it was a big failure. And as a matter of fact, the young man got hurt. But because the Texans actually have a true offensive-minded coach, of course, I'm talking about Pep Hamilton as the offensive coordinator, I do believe that the Houston Texans should at least consider using Jeff Driscoll as your hybrid quarterback now before moving on on saturday i had an opportunity during his pre-game press conference to talk to jeff driscoll and i asked him about his role last year and whether or not he would be opposed to going back to trying to be utilized as a hybrid quarterback um i wouldn't say frustrating um you know i'm a competitor i want to figure out a way to get on the field and help the team win and last year that way was uh playing special teams playing tight end and this year um, it's playing quarterback. So, um, you know, I want to I want to figure out a way to help this team win and uh, do what I'm asked to do. So definitely not frustrating. Um, but, yeah, it, it's pretty cool to be able to have the skill set to, to be able to do, you know, multiple things. There's two things Jeff Driscoll said that I want to focus in on. That's the emphasis that he put on on quarterback and two, the skill set that he has. And. When I go back and I take a look at some of the best hybrid quarterbacks that we have seen over the past decade, and of course, the main one everybody knows is Taysom Hill. And I believe the reason why Taysom Hill was so successful with the New Orleans Saints is because he was playing under one of the best offensive-minded coaching coaches in Sean Payton. And look, I'm not comparing Pep Hamilton to Sean Payton, and he has a long way to go before he reached that level, but... 
what I've seen from OTAs, what I've seen out of training camp, what I've seen on Saturday, I do believe that we're going to see a better version of this Houston Texans offense. And when I take a look at Jeff Driscoll's skill set, I look at a quarterback that I can say, look, John, listeners and viewers, if the Houston Texans are third in inches, fourth in inches, third and one or whatever the case might be, and it's in those close game and you need that first down, you need those extra, extra yardage to give yourself a better opportunity to win, I would not be mad if Pep Hamilton utilizes Jeff Driscoll in that way because you go back and you take a look at that game on Saturday, once again, what I have been able to see out of training camp all the way back to OTAs and mandatory minicamp, Jeff Driscoll is a quarterback who is fast he could use his legs he has the strength he has the versatility needed to give the texans even if it's just a little boost on the offensive side of the ball i do believe this is something that the houston texans should at least reconsider especially with pep hamilton as his team offensive coordinator couple of takeaways that i want to point on i will say that the offense looked very qb friendly on saturday and i think that helped mm -hmm. out jeff jeff did make some a couple of great throws on Saturday. One of those throws mm -hmm. to Johnny Johnson was dropped. That was a dart. Uh, the the pass to find Jalen Kemp on that big reception, that was a good throw. He did some good things at quarterback. I really want to wait, want to, wait to see what Kyle Allen has to offer because mm -hmm. this number two quarterback room, uh, this position could be up for grabs, right? We see what Kyle Allen has to mm -hmm. offer. We'll see what Jeff, see what he has to offer. If we can continue to grow on that. And I also would like to point out, along with the good, the bad, it was a couple of throws where Jeff Driscoll just underthrew it. One, <laughs> I mean, two. it's Jeff. That's what you expect. Well, <laughs> well, but we're talking about him at the quarterback. The, the one of Jalen Camp, I thought we could have maybe had an opportunity to see Jalen Camp come down with that, and then we'll be able to see his speed. That was underthrown. And then the interception, Maybe I, I can't remember if both was interceptions, but the interception to start the game off to uh, Weddington, did some mm -hmm. good things, did some uh, things that you want to see him clean up on. However, as an athlete with a team that's built like Houston that really want to see a lot of these guys maybe uh, uh, do things that they're used to doing, it's not a bad idea. And, again, QB2 may be up for grabs right now. We still have to see <laughs> Kyle Allen play football. I'm not 100% opposed to it if that's your only two options on this Texan roster. Our next partner has a product I use almost every day. I started taking AG1 because it helped a lot with getting some better gut help, especially it helped with getting more energy. It helps optimize your immune system. I hate taking pills and vitamins, and so AG1 Athletic Green was the best route for me, and I wanted a supplement that tastes very good. Well, again, AG1 was the best option for me and one thing that i like about ag1 people ask me a lot what is it well it's one delicious scoop of ag1 you're absorbing absorbing excuse me 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods and adaptogens it can help you start your day off right this special blend of ingredients helps support your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus aging all of those things you can't beat it and again a lot of times people give you products that when you take it it's a very disgusting taste not with ag1 it's also 
lifestyle friendly, whether you, whether you eat keto, you're vegan, dairy free, or gluten free. It's good for you. Whatever lifestyle contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. Again, while still tasting good. And the best part about this, guys, honestly, I have long days where I can wake up at five o'clock in the morning and won't go to bed till nine to ten. This really helps support better sleep quality and it also helps with recovery when I'm working out, it helps with that as well, along with it, along with it supporting mental clarity and alertness. Great price on it as well. Right now, it's the time to reclaim your health and own your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop, one cup of water. That's it. No need for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you one free year of supply when you see one free year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase that's all you need to get and all you have to do is visit athleticgreen.com slash nfl network again visit athleticgreens.com slash nfl network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily vitamin nutritional insurance today Welcome back in, everybody. Thank you for sticking around with the Locked on Texas podcast, Cody and John. And during the break, Cody kind of started his apology tour to Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> Cody has been, if not number one, number two, or 1A on the Get Jeff Driscoll Out of Town uh, team. But I think one thing about the show is here, we, we try to be fair as possible. Credit is what credit is due. Jeff did some pretty good things on Saturday. I think the first touchdown to Jalen Kemp was a great ball. Put it to where only six three, six four. Jalen Kemp can go get it. The recognition. Who, by the way, he was helped out on Chad Beebe on that last play. The recognition to go ahead and hit Johnny Johnson to uh, seal the game for Houston. That was a good thing. Had made a couple of throws as well, but but Cody, you know, if you want to go ahead and hop on an apology train, do so. <laughs> Look, it's not an apology train, but John, what I would say is this, and look, um, when you go back and you hear what it, what a lot of people had to say about Saturday's game, I felt that Jeff Driscoll didn't get enough credit because he did he did play a really good game. Um, John, I'm not going to go as far as you did in the last segment by talking about there's, there may be a battle between quarterback number two. Look, Kyle Allen is a veteran quarterback, and he knows how to play his role as a backup quarterback for a franchise when needed. However, when I go back and I revisit the interview that I had with Philip Dorsett, and I remember I asked him, you know, how can you describe offensive coordinator Pep Hamilton? And he said that Pep Hamilton is a guy that is going to develop a game plan that is going to utilize the strength of his players. And when I take a look at Jeff Driscoll, I take a look at a guy, because you have Pep Hamilton, he is going to put him in the best situation where he could be beneficial to the Houston Texans in 2022 and not the laughing stock of this team like he was in 2021. Let's talk about some of the Texan cuts that they made on Monday evening. Texans cut Harrison Elliott and running back B.J. Emons, Emons, excuse me. Uh, they also t- cut Jordan Jenkins and wide receiver Chad B.B. Wanted to look at what does that mean for the current 
defensive ends and receivers on the Texans roster. Uh, when I look at the wide receiver position, I think Saturday's game was good for Jalen Camp, who I think Houston really does like going into this game. Uh, but more so for Johnny Johnson, made up for that drop pass that, again, that was a dart from Jeff Driscoll. Give credit where credit's due. Made up from that drop pass with two big plays down the stretch. Cody Johnson was one of your guys so far in camp, so he's mm-hmm. making some plays and created – I think he's created some separation from B.B. And unfortunately for Chad B.B., Tremont Edmonds uh, – sorry, I'm sorry, Tremont Smith and Desmond King was just better at returning the ball. Cutting B.B. I think gives Houston the opportunity to get some more evaluation of Johnson and more time for Houston to evaluate players like Chester Rogers and Connor Weddington, who also caught – two catches for five yards on Saturday. I just don't think he did enough. And I think Houston was able to find out what some of these guys are really good at, what they can excel at. Just talking about Pep Hamilton, finding ways to bring those strengths out of players. Even on special teams, I just feel like he didn't do enough to create that separation, which is something on Friday's episode, I said, listen, I'm looking out for these three guys. It was Jalen Camp, it was Colonel Weddington, and Chad Beebe was also in that mix. Chad mm-hmm. BB just didn't do enough of those guys. Even when we look at the defensive end position, I think that's crowded. Jordan Jenkins was the odd man out, didn't play Saturday. He's been out with injury, hadn't participated in the camp, never had an opportunity to get reps for this team. The injury, I think, hurts Jenkins the most. Didn't get a chance to play, and it allowed guys like Derrick Rivers to get two sacks and stand out and pop up on the coaching staff radar as a guy that they may need to keep around. It allowed guys like a Michael DeWonfor, who could be interchangeable at defensive end and to an inside defensive tackle position, to increase stock for this team. So overall, when we look at the cuts that was made, B.J. Emmons was just signed last week to the running back uh, group, for the running back group after Darius Anderson went down. I didn't think that Royce Freeman had a great day, but what he did do very well was catch some balls out of the backfield. So that helped out his stack, his stock as well. But overall, when I look at Jenkins, I just feel like he never got a chance to say, Hey guys, I'm here. I'm in the building. I'm also signed to this roster because of the injury and because guys are just doing more to stick out. And I 100% believe that's the reason why we're talking about Jordan Jenkins' departure today. It's not that he got a chance. This is a guy who was a part of this team last year. And what did we say when we did our player reviews for the 2021 campaign? We looked at that defensive front. We said the same thing about Jordan Jenkins. He did not have a a true opportunity to go out there on the field, showcase what what he can do. Because he was hurt. And look, this is a guy in 11 games. He finished the year, if I'm not mistaken, with like three sacks or two and a half, somewhere along those lines. I mean, you you can see the talent, but it's unfortunate that he's unable to stay on the field. And this is an organization. Look, (laughs) playoffs might not be exciting, but this is an organization that wants to be competitive and wants to be better in 2022. In order for that to happen, you need guys to be available. And unfortunately, Jordan Jenkins is a guy who is never available, and that's why we're talking about his cutting. Um, the same thing with Chad Beebe as well. I don't really think he had a, a, a realistic opportunity to go out there on the field and showcase what he can do. Yeah, he was out there on Saturday, I think he but did. No, I think he but had a chance. 
He had a chance, but it was that wide receiving core. It was just way too crowded. Plus, when you take a look at a guy like Jalen Camp, he's six three. That is another guy that is going to be a red zone threat, another red zone opportunity for this organization next year. You take a look at Johnny Johnson the third. He's six foot six one. That's another guy that you could utilize in a slot. The Houston Texans look. Ever since the launch of 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 Mechie, we've been sitting here talking about how are they going to feel Mechie role. And look, Mechie is a guy that can play on the inside, outside, whatever the case might be. We know what Mechie can bring to the table. And what is the number one thing that I keep saying that this wide receiving core needs to do in terms of the loss of Mechie? You need everybody on deck on deck to make up for the loss of Mechie. And <laughs> You want me to say pause or something? I say deck. <laughs> but, you know, to go back to this wide receiving core, when you take a look at Jalen Camp, you're looking at a big body receiver like a Nico Collins that you could utilize in the red zone. And for Johnny Johnson III, you're looking at, you know, a smaller receiver but speedier that you could utilize in a slot along with Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett. And I know Chad BB could have been utilized on special teams, but as a returner, rather it be a kick returner, rather it be a pump returner, there just wasn't a, enough room because as of right now, the return lineups for both the kick and the pump returners are Desmond King, Derek Stingley, Marlon Mack, Tremont Smith, Philip Dorsett. Those guys are solidified. So once again, where does that lead Chad BB? He had a really good camp. I do believe that he's going to have an opportunity to sign on with another team, but unfortunately he was just at the wrong place at the wrong time for the Houston Texans as of right now. Yeah, and, and I, I wonder what that says for Drew Estrada. He had missed some practice uh, last Tuesday nursing a leg injury. Uh, so I, I know he's trying to get better. Uh, but, I, don't, I you know, if they let go of BB, maybe they feel like Estrada can do something. He may be a player they want to keep around on their practice squad. Uh, I think this year Houston will have a very interesting practice squad because I know that they, hmm. they feel like they're going to have guys that may not cut it with the initial first round for the 53-man roster, but things happen all the time, and I think this practice squad will be full of guys that they trust can come in and do their job, and I think that's interesting to see how it all play out. Uh, but Houston does have uh, several wide receivers left on this depth chart, on this roster, that you know just like saturday have to create the distance between themselves and the next man and the next couple of games will be very crucial and vital to players like chris conley uh who i still think needs to stand out i don't think he's guaranteed a roster spot johnny johnson needs to continue upward chester rogers we need to see him i think connor weddington is also a wide receiver on this depth chart that he needs to continue to work hard and have that stock trending upward as well but houston got a good opportunity to see what some of those young guys can do it's almost the start of the nfl season i love this time of year cody i know you love this time of year if you're watching this podcast right now i know you love this time of year also if you're into sports betting or fantasy you need a competitive edge to win that's why i highly recommend the elias game plan app it's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. The Elias Game Plan app is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats, Elias Sports Bureau, the official statistician of U.S. Pro Sports League, including the NFL. 
Their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparison, and Elias inside insights from the Elias Sports Bureau research team. So you're getting the best of three worlds, actually. The insider of the insider of the insider. Right now, take my advice. Download the Game Plan app today with new features available all the time. Take your time to get to the next level. NFL season is right around the corner, so don't wait. Find Elias Game Plan app in the App Store or Play Store today. Also, Bill Bar is in the house. Man, y'all know they got some new flavors out there. Let me introduce to you one of the newest and best flavors. It's a favorite out here. The Cookie Dough Chunk Puff may have a light and che- a chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks. And, of course, covered in 100% real chocolate. Only 160 calories with a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat. Or you can really find a way to just hide them from everybody and save them all for yourself. And what's great about the Built Bar, these bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to built.com today. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Cody, what's going on, man? <laughs> Tuesday show. I know why you laughing. Why are you laughing, Cody? You know, the Houston curse oh, has struck are. again. John, listeners and viewers, it doesn't matter if you're an all-star. It doesn't matter if you're an MVP candidate. It doesn't matter if you're just a guy, just a rotational piece on the roster. It doesn't matter if it's the MLB, NBA, or NFL. I think the city of Houston have a curse with athletes who force their way out of this city because on yesterday, the curse struck again with Lonnie Johnson Jr., being released by the Kansas City Chiefs. And you're talking about a guy who did not want to be a part of this organization anymore. You're talking about a guy who cut up and rent and went on some type of Twitter rant right when the Houston Texans were trying to decide who are they going to take with that number three overall pick? Derek Stanley or, or Sauce? Of course, that is at his position, and he cut up so bad. Houston traded him for, I believe, a conditional 2024 seventh-round pick. And after one preseason game, the Kansas City Chiefs say, you know what? You didn't get a full wing (laughs) down. We got enough for him, and now he is a free agent. John, I just think that's kind of ironic. Remember the day he was traded? He used that feature meme, sensational. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I really hope Lonnie Johnson falls on his feet. Um, of course, that man has a family to provide for. Never really can root against somebody like that. Um, it is what it is. Uh, I do want to mention that Tremont Smith said, I'll run through a brick wall for Lovey. He's a great coach. I think that just speaks volumes. I don't, I don't think nobody's going to run through a brick wall for uh, brick wall for 
uh, David Cully. The linebacker position has some competition, guys. Before we get out of here today, uh, Blake Cashman is a guy who talked about yesterday. Jake Hansen, Tay Davis. Blake Cashman is a guy that I really think could get a lot of playing time this year for Houston. And I'll tell you why in a little bit. Uh, Lovey Smith talked about Blake Cashman, said he fits the profile about the linebacker, uh, said that he's fast, he's a smart guy. He's kind of new to our system a little bit, but for, people, but for the people that have been out at training camp, he's flashed quite a bit. On mm-hmm. Saturday, Blake Cashman was tied for the team, on the team for seven sacks, four solo, while adding one TFL and a pass deflection. One thing that really stands out to me that popped off on the screen, I was very impressed with his ability to drop back and play the deep third as a linebacker. That has been an issue. And at times, we are still going to see some cover two, right? And that cover two, it does some things, right? It it leaves the underneath wide open in the middle of that field, and he's able to drop back. He's fast enough to drop back and make a play. We saw that on Saturday, and I think that he's fast enough and has some good recovery speed as well. I can't wait to see Christian Harris play football um, I think that will determine a lot, especially for the next couple of guys. Tay Davis, he finished with four tackles, three solos, forced to fumble at, at the Houston two-yard line with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. That helped to keep Houston in the game. Also, Jake Hansen played under Coach Lovey Smith at Illinois. He's just a guy that I, I really just he, – he got good technique. He has some very good technique, breaks down very well. Before making a tackle, uh, he finished with five tackles and two solos. Ten linebackers on his team right now. Some of these bodies will be needed for special teams. So when I look at a linebacker and player like Tay Davis and Jake Hansen, you know, I think that those guys can really be utilized. And, again, every little thing counts. Every little detail counts. Between Hansen and Davis, I think Houston can keep both of those young players around, either on the 53-man roster or practice squad where they're kind of just stashed away, coached up, and could be players for Houston that they like in the future. Also, Tamu Grugier-Hill played Pierre Pierre. Kevin Pierre-Lewis also played on Saturday. I wonder how, how high on the priority list for the linebacker group are those two players, especially Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who I think was very underwhelming last year. I, I look at this position group similar to how I look at the wide receiving core. There are guys who already have their spot solidified on this 53-man roster. Um, Christian Kersey, um, Christian Harris, Garrett Wallow, Kamu Grugier here. I mean, those guys are already solidified. They do not have no big-name players. However, just like what I've been saying about this wide receiving core, it's going to be all hands on deck in order to make up for the talent that you do not have. And when I take a guy, when I take a look at a guy like Blake Cashman, John, his coverage, his his coverage that we saw on Saturday is what I have been seeing every single day throughout training camp. And to be honest with you, John, listeners and viewers, ever since the start of training camp on July 30th or July 31st, this guy has recorded at least one pass deflection almost every single day. And John, I'm I'm glad that you brought up this this. The, the the competition level with this linebacking core because 
it kind of slipped my mind. But when I take a look at a guy like Neville, I'm not too sure if he's going to be able to make this roster because guys like Blake Cashman is making this competition so deep and it's going to be very interesting to see who they keep on this 53 man roster and to go back to something that you alluded to early on in the show is going to make this practice squad roster really interesting moving forward thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the locked on texan podcast be sure to subscribe on youtube under locked on texans follow me on twitter at john underscore hickman 12 a lot of texan talk to go for the rest of the week and for the next several months. So you might as well come kick it with us, right? And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.